Misfits Fits Audio welcomes you to Strange Stories, an audio anthology series of odd and unusual tales that can take place anywhere and anywhen. Sit back, open your ears, be comfortable, and let your imagination take flight. Remember, it's only as real as your mind makes it. The name's Peter Sinclair. No doubt you've heard of me. Sinclair Enterprises, Sinclair Worldwide, the Peter Sinclair Charitable Foundation. (laughs) That last one was a tax write-off. I took a stagnant engineering firm and turned it into a thriving business. I was making lots of money. The world was my oyster until that Monday morning. I guess my assistant Amber must have been the one who found my body. Boy, was she easy on the eyes. She probably let out quite a scream. Hell was pretty much as I had imagined. Hot, humid, lots of fire, burning pits of sulfur all over. A guide is dispatched to shepherd you across the wasteland you must traverse before you get to downtown hell. You can imagine how horrible the wasteland is if it makes you want to get to hell. My guide was a fanged black bat named Yop, who flew ahead of me, talking in annoying, batty squeaks. Will you stop bossing me around? I'm simply trying to make you hurry up and get across the wasteland. Why? Is hell only open from nine till five? You had the bad timing to die on a Monday morning. So many business executives die on Monday mornings. Strange. The wasteland is subject to violent weather swings. Our forecasters expected to get even hotter out here in the mid-afternoon. Hotter than this? Impossible. Oh, it is possible. That's why I'm trying to get you to move along. How long of a walk is it? For most people I've guided, about 45 minutes, but at the rate you're going... I'll try to pick up the pace. I don't relish the idea of being out here myself, you know. Bats are used to cool, dark places, which are pretty tough to find in these parts. Then why didn't they send me a walking cactus or something that likes the heat? This is my job. It's not supposed to be enjoyable. I always enjoy my job. Perhaps a little too much, huh? What do you mean? You must have earned your damnation. Goodness knows if I had the chance to live my human life over again. You weren't always a bat? No. The Master turned me into one about 50 years ago because it amused him. The Master? The Devil. He's the boss. You'll be working for him, too. It'll be a cold day down here when I work for anyone but myself. It sounds like the late Peter Sinclair is contemplating a hostile takeover of Hades. The idea of working for anyone after being the man in charge grates on his nerves. He'd better be careful if he tries to implement his plan. 
Our tale is entitled, The Problems of Peter Sinclair. Yap and I finally arrived at the gates of hell. Yap flew in. I gulped and slowly entered. I followed Yap. Along the way, we saw people mining ore from the rock walls with their bare hands. High above, in repose on a stone ridge, lay several winged creatures. Each was bright red, scaly, and carried what looked like a bayonet. When an elderly worker collapsed onto the smoking ground, one of the demons flew down from its perch, hoisted her up with ease, with one arm no less, and butted her in the head with the dull end of the bayonet to entice her to get back to work. Yap led me to my new home. I quickly closed the door to muffle the outside noise. Uh, who are the goons with the wings? Just some residents doing their job. Their job? We do whatever the master decides. Well, I don't want to be one of those miners. Count me out. The choice is not up to you. The miners serve a purpose here, as everyone does. The minerals they extract from the rocks are vital to Hell's day-to-day survival. Welcome to your new home. This is it? It's rather small. It's our standard accommodation. If you think this place is small, you should see my home. A tiny, slightly cooler hole in a crag deep in the southernmost section of hell. The master has seen to it that I can never be completely in the dark or completely cool, as a bat should be. This won't do at all. Why not? This is what everyone gets. One bedroom with hot running water. There isn't even a television. No cable company serves hell. Aren't there any bigger homes down here? Just a few. The master's grand palace and some of the homes of his immediate staff. I demand one of those. (laughs) You're not in a position to demand anything. Besides, all those homes are occupied at the moment. But I'm Peter Sinclair. You were Peter Sinclair. That may have meant something up above. But it doesn't matter a lick down here. But you said that I earned this eternity. Surely with my actions on Earth that brought me here, I deserve... You did earn your eternity. On Earth, you were mean, rotten, cruel, and despicable. But that's par for the course down here. Compared to, say, Hitler, you're a little man on the totem pole. The Master won't like it if you cause trouble. I want to see him. No one demands to see him. Who can I talk to? I suppose Hooji. Who's Hooji? One of our bureaucrats. His job is to see to any problems that develop down here. I'm not used to talking to subordinates. He's the man you want. I could fly to his home on the way back to my crag and tell him you want to see him. Thank you. There's only one problem. Why? Could you open the door for me? I don't have any thumbs. Boy, I miss my thumbs. After Yap left, I started poking around what the master expected me to live in for eternity. No, these quarters certainly wouldn't do for a man of my importance. I deserved better. About twenty minutes later, I heard a knock on my door. 
I opened the door and saw no one, until I glanced down. A small man about the size of a garden gnome was standing on my stoop. He had a bushy white beard, an unruly mane of green hair, and was wearing a blue jumpsuit. His oversized feet were bare, discolored, and blistered. He introduced himself as Huji and walked inside. He climbed up on my bargain basement couch, his feet dangling over the seat cushion. Yup, informs me you are unhappy with your accommodations. I certainly am. What's the problem? What's the... Well, look at it! It's just like my apartment. It looks fine to me. Fine? It's so small. Maybe to someone like you, this place might seem... Like me? Well, you know, someone short. Um, shorter. I see. Mr. Sinclair, in all the eons I have been here, no being has ever complained about his or her accommodations. Then it's about time someone did. They were probably all afraid to. I am not. I would suggest you make the best of it. I am not a man who is accustomed to making the best of anything. Yap told me that some of the bigwigs here have larger quarters. That is true. Then I want one of those apartments. They are unavailable. Besides, they are for Hell's ruling class. Which is precisely what I should be. You astound me. You are Hell's newest inhabitant. Heal less than one half of one day. And already you are making demands. One is not given a ruling position. One earns it. Then let me earn it. Put me on the fast track. I can do it. I did it with ease on Earth. Enough! Your position will be decided for you, and you will not lobby for anything. You will learn of your new position in due course, and you will live here in this too small apartment forever. Be thankful I am not responsible for deciding your future. I would put you in charge of picking up Batguano for all eternity. Days went by and I heard nothing from anyone. With great difficulty, I settled into my small home. I discovered that I never felt hungry, thirsty, or sleepy. I found myself slowly and reluctantly growing acclimated to the environment. One afternoon, I heard a squeaking outside my door. I bring you news. The master has decided on your job. What is it? I don't know, but I think he has big plans for you. He told me to bring you to him immediately. Well, it sounds like I might finally be getting some of the respect around here that I deserve. Maybe my talk with Huji did some good. Follow me. I'll bring you to the Grand Palace. For some time, I followed Yap through hell. The terrain became rockier, steeper, and more full of sulfur pits. Finally, Yap hovered and flapped his wings excitedly. Up on a sheer precipice sat the stately Grand Palace, the home of Satan himself. I walked up the stone stairs to a heavy wooden door and lifted the smoking lion's head knocker three times. I'll see you later. Best of luck with the new job. My name is Peter Sinclair. The master sent for me. 
The old woman who answered the door was hunched, nearly toothless, and dressed in rags. Wordlessly, she ushered me inside and closed the door. She indicated that I should sit in one of the very ornate chairs. Then she skittered away, presumably to bring the master. In my wildest dreams I have never seen such opulence. The walls were made of gold. The chair upon which I sat was inlaid with fist-sized precious jewels, mostly diamonds and emeralds. The floor was similarly jewel-encrusted. I was so engrossed in my inventory that I didn't hear the master approach. I stood quickly as he began to speak. Mr. Sinclair? Yes? So good to meet you at last. Please forgive my inability to see you for the past few days. So many new damned souls arriving. I meant no offense. None taken. I suspected that you were busy. There must be a lot of responsibility to running this place. Indeed there is. Even eternity seems short some days. Yap said that you wanted to see me. Something about my new job? Yes, and don't worry. I'm not assigning you to a miner's position. How do you know that? I know everything that goes on down here. There is nothing that escapes my notice. Huji tells me that you would like larger accommodations. Definitely. However, it's my understanding that any larger apartments are already spoken for. All but one. Really? Both Yap and Huji told me they were all full. I don't tell my subordinates everything. You never did on Earth, correct? Certainly not. Could I possibly have the larger apartment? It is reserved for a member of the ruling class. I'd be willing to serve you. Yes, I believe you would. I've been following your earthly career with some interest. I always knew you'd be coming here. You can watch the living from here? I have my ways. Now, to get to the reason I had you brought here. I have decided that I need a new cog in the hierarchy. Some of my people are becoming lax. After a while, even the best of my staff simply loses the will to treat the population as it needs to be treated. Like cattle. I can't abide any lack of discipline. Of course not. I have decided to add a new position to the ruling class. The Praetor. He will ensure that punishment is meted out to the deserving masses. In the past, I have divided this responsibility among several members of the ruling class, but they simply don't seem to be getting the job done. There must be discipline and fear here. Without them, my rule means nothing. How do you punish someone who is already dead? I have... ways. Let's say that someone's position is picking up litter. Fairly common and straightforward, wouldn't you agree? Yes... If this trash collector performed a punishable offense, his job could be changed to, say, flaying practice volunteer. And you would like me to be Praetor? I would. You have been here for so short a time, you have formed no friendships among my subjects. Aside from Yop, perhaps. I wouldn't say we're friends. Then you will be entirely unencumbered by emotional attachments. Friendships can be trouble. As Praetor, you will travel this land extensively. You will go to my office every day and observe all my staff does. If you have the slightest suspicion that any of them is not behaving in a manner appropriate to this place, you are to report that person directly to me, and I will take 
appropriate measures. I settled into my new position and my new spacious home the next day. The master's staff began to hate the sight of me, which is exactly what I expected and wanted. I found no instances of misbehavior to report. After about a week, Yap came by and told me that the master wanted to see me right away. You wanted to see me, sir? I did. How are you finding your new job? I like it fine. There have been no instances of inappropriate behavior to report to me? None at all. None at all. I thought I could trust you, Sinclair. You can, sir. You can. Were you bribed to ignore his behavior? Whose behavior? Yop's behavior. Yop? I thought you said the two of you weren't friends. We're not. What did Yap do? He stole some of my jewels. Plo saw him. He said he told you about it. He told me no such thing. I wish I could believe you. You can. Plo is one of my most trusted associates. He's been with me for centuries. He never told me anything about the incident. Why would he lie? What could he gain? He's hoping to make you doubt my loyalty to you. The fact remains that some of my jewels are gone. I'll find Yap and bring him here. He can't be far. You do that. If you fail, it's not too late to have you assigned to the mines. I left the Grand Palace and began angrily wandering around hell. Was Plo lying? If not, how could Yap do this to me? I stopped many people along my route and asked if they had seen Yap recently. One woman directed me to the old canyon. By the time I arrived there, the sweat was pouring out of me. My shirt clung to my back like a washcloth. I ran up a steep incline to the top of a cliff. Below me, I saw a wide chasm that must have stretched for several hundred feet. At the bottom of the chasm were several finely honed rocks that looked like serrated teeth. Just as I looked back up, Yap fluttered by my face. Beautiful place, isn't it? <sighs> Yap, we need to talk. About what? The jewels you stole from the master. Me? What makes you think I did such a thing? He told me you did. Well, he's wrong. He wants me to bring you to the palace. I'm not going anywhere near him until he has a chance to cool down. I've seen him angry before. I made a grab for Yop as he fluttered near me. I missed him and he dove in front of my face, squealing with his claws extended and his teeth shining. I continued trying to grab him while at the same time defending myself from his blows. I was getting very dizzy. Before I knew what was happening, I had stepped off the cliff. But I did not fall. I floated in midair over the chasm, looking down at the teeth-like rocks below. When I tried, as though in a run, to get back to the cliff edge, I spun around and around and upside down. In the distance, I could see the Grand Palace and the main city of Hell. I found that I could not close my eyes even though I desperately wanted to. 
As I looked at the cliff edge, I saw a puff of smoke appear below where Yop was hovering. The master had arrived. Master, I tried to catch him, but he somehow cast this spell over... Yop isn't capable of such a thing. I did it. You? Thank you, Yop. You have served me well. You may go. I am honored to have served you. Yop never stole your jewels, did he? Of course not. The story was merely a ruse so I could get you out here. Why? To set an example for all to see. You will stay where you are for eternity, as a constant reminder to all of what comes from contemplating my overthrow. Me? I told you that I see and hear everything that goes on around me. Do you really think I believed you only desired larger quarters? All along, you have wanted to usurp my power. You were so used to running things on Earth, you could not bear the thought of not being in charge here. I swear that I had no intention of doing anything but serving you loyal... Of course you didn't. I've been defeated by better than you, Sinclair. I won't allow you to even attempt my overthrow. But you gave me a position! Yes, to lull you into a false sense of security. Now this will be your job. You will float here as a warning to others of my power and my anger. The telescope in my grand palace is lined up perfectly on you. I may sneak a look every now and again. I'm honored. With another puff of smoke, the master vanished, leaving me alone. I don't know how long I've been here. It's tough to measure time in an eternity. I suppose I should find some moral in this experience, but I don't. I'm sure that if the Master had been overthrown, I would have heard about it. If the Master ever is deposed, the people will know where to find someone to take over. The heir apparent. <laughs> yes, that's the way to look at my job here. Ruler in waiting. I'm content to wait. In this episode of Strange Stories, you heard Steve Anderson as the narrator, Peter Cat as Peter Sinclair, Michelle Deco as Yop, Elise Crowick as Huji, and Scott Fortney as the master. The script was written by Mike Murphy. Music for the series was composed and performed by William Krepchinski. Please visit his website at pureshift.com. Producer Mike Murphy. Assistant Producer, Captain John Tatterzak. Mixer, Mike Hennessy. Script Editor, Arlene Osborne. Webmaster, April Sadowski. Art Director, Alexa Chipman. Thanks to Captain John Tatterzak of Misfits Audio for airing this show. Mike Murphy gratefully acknowledges the continued help of Arlene Osborne. This production is for enjoyment purposes only. I'm your narrator, Steve Anderson. This is an original production by Misfits Audio, copyright 2012.